Hello and welcome to Where's Shaz, the podcast. I'm Shaz Ahmed and my mission is to empower, educate and inspire you with stories, knowledge and guests in the world of property, finance and business. So let's go. Welcome to the podcast, loyal listeners, all three of you. <laughs> um, just recording a quick one on my own today. This is Saturday uh, afternoon, just finished the gym. And I just kind of want to wrap up the week with all these rate reductions in the specialist mortgage market. Um, kind of my advice around that. Also, more importantly for me, looking at a lot of criteria changes and how that affects you, maybe some scenarios to, to think about. Um, and also maybe the future of networking, what our plans are this year in terms of podcasting. Uh, and networking so let's get straight into it first thing rates are going down which is amazing although funnily enough as, a, as an aside swap rates which is the the rate that actually affects mortgage five-year fixed rates generally um they've started to creep back up they're a little bit volatile some lenders have already priced back up because they priced down too quickly so either way rates are coming down that is great news i'm so happy I'm not sure if you can tell by my voice. Keeps me busy, keeps you busy, and it means deals may stack better. However, uh, a couple of things. First of all, there are still lenders offering, you know, lower, more attractive rates, but they're loaded with fees, you know, 5%, 6%, even up to 7%. Now, the benefit of doing that is that the rate is lower, therefore the stress testing is, is easier to get the loan that you want. However, in my opinion, the risk of doing this because let's say you get a 75% buy claim mortgage and the rate is great. You know, you're rate conscious, you're hash flow conscious, so you just have the lowest rate and you add that fee on. Well, actually, that means you've taken out a 82% loan to value mortgage. Your debt or your leverage is 82% because 75% plus a 7% fee is 82%. Now, what that would mean also is let's say it's a two year product, two year fixed. In two years, if the market hasn't got up house price-wise um, by 7%, then potentially you're over-leveraged. And if you're a portfolio landlord where lenders will then look at your overall portfolio and your leverage, that could be an issue. So that's just a risk, I think, potentially um, that's worth considering. Now, when I work with investors, and I'm sure most brokers have something similar, I've got a little spreadsheet where I can compare the cost over you know two years or five years. Often, depending on the fixed term, depending on the loan amount, what I found quite interesting is there is a sweet spot from a loan size perspective where with a low fee high rate or compared to a high fee low rate over a fixed term, the actual overall cost is the same. And actually at that point, you may want to go for the for the lower fee option, even with a higher rate, sacrifice some cash flow because you are then potentially not over leveraged. I'm also going to read to you uh, a post I did on Instagram around basically not getting blinded by just rates going down and then kind of how to manage your expectations. So, word of advice, do not get blinded by interest rates. Do not chase a rate or a product because another investor has posted about it. Loan to value, criteria, experience, loan size and so on will all affect if it is the best deal for you your property, or even if you qualify for that deal or for that lender. So these kind of updates that investors are popping into the WhatsApp groups, Facebook groups, Instagram, it's a good guide of where the market is headed. Please be sensible because best for one person is not best for another. 
obviously there's some emojis as well, but I hope the point or the principle of that comes across. Um, you know, even though buy-to-let lending is non-regulated, as a broker, there is a duty of care to give kind of a responsible advice, responsible lending, simply coming to a broker and saying, you know, my investor friend, like I say, I don't like to exaggerate, so we're going to say, I meet down a pub, no, my investor friend has found this deal, his broker has found this deal, can you get me this? Yeah, possibly, but let's do it properly to make sure it's appropriate and it's best for you. Great. So that's my kind of thoughts uh, and update on on the rates that are going down and, and how to manage expectations and also just consider leverage as well. Next, HMOs. So um, HMOs are housed in multiple occupancy. Uh, if it's three or more unrelated individuals, then technically it's a HMO and you need to kind of specialist lending for it. You need a specific HMO mortgage. Typically, with HMOs, most lenders need you to have some sort of initial landlord experience to get a HMO mortgage. The reason being, you know, managing, let's say you've got six bedrooms, managing six tenants is harder than managing one tenancy. So that's the reason for that. The other thing as well is a lot of investors are always kind of trying to go for the, um, I call it the unicorn investment valuation. I want a commercial valuation. What people mean by that is they want valuation that's based on the income the property is or is going to generate as opposed to the bricks and mortar again this works well most of the country maybe not in london perhaps where bricks and mortar is higher but that's what they say now on large hmos so again large by definition from the lender's perspective is seven bedrooms and above that is possible as long as you meet the lender's criteria but it's possible because at the end of the day to get seven bedrooms and above you'd have to go through planning so there's a kind of hurdle there and regulations there but also a seven bedroom hmo is a property that more than likely could not be lived in by a family or if family didn't buy the house they couldn't probably readapt it back to a family home easily and therefore there's that intrinsic value where it is an investment property and you get an investment valuation generally five bedrooms and below uh if i'm honest is just bricks and mortar i.e it's a house even in article four if so even so even if you know, you've done some adaptations, but let's just say, for example, most investors, cookie cutter, four bedrooms or five bedrooms means putting a stud wall or two downstairs, split the rooms up, the kitchen's communal area and so on. It's a house. A family could move in, live in it. Therefore, it's valued, irrespective of the income, it's valued like the house next door, square footage, so on and so forth. Six bedrooms is touch and go. It does depend. Again, if it's six bedrooms, two bathrooms, that could be a big family house. If it's six bedrooms, all en suite, then yeah, maybe it's it's leaning more toward the investment. But what I always say is to get the right kind of lending, even if it is investment valuations, there's three things. Sorry, there's three things. You have to have the right client, i.e. experience, maybe some minimum income depending on lenders. You have to have the right lender. So, okay, this lender's got the lowest rate, but do they even do investment valuations on, on six beds or do they even offer large HMO mortgage products? And thirdly, the property. Does the property itself warrant an investment valuation? Because, you know, yes, it's got six bedrooms, but it's it's still a house. So there's a lot to think about. But the update that's come through this week, there's two major things. Uh, both, well, first of all, Shawbrook Banks. So Shawbrook are a commercial lender. They're priced like a commercial lender. They will do things that other lenders will not. And what they've done now is relax their policy when it comes to offering investment valuations for first-time landlords. You have to own your own house, your own residence, or another property, but obviously you will be for some landlord then. So have to own your own house. 
but you can then get a H1 mortgage with them. And I've spoken to them this week. And that means in theory, you could get an investment valuation on a six bed HO as a first time landlord. Great news in theory. Also, Shawbrook are one of the lenders in the market that are also okay with social housing contracts. So if the tenants are non-vulnerable, and this is another podcast from the day, but if they're non-vulnerable, Shawbrook can consider that depending on the lease. So send your broker a copy of the lease. Um, and potentially then, and this is kind of scenarios to play out, you can be a first-time landlord, you own your own house, first-time landlord, your first project, you've converted it and you spent enough on it it's not glamorous because you knew it was going to be social housing you're handing it over to the council or you've got another kind of company in place um handing over to the council or another company and you are then also getting an investment valuation based on the income that that property is going to generate it sounds great and you know i'll be honest i've not seen it work yet because this is just a, a relaxation in policy however one thing i will say on investment valuations again yes seven bedrooms and above great you want to get that investment valuation five bed and below you know you may not get it anyway on a six bed let's say it's a six bed and it's got two bathrooms and you go with short bank because you're happy to pay the commercial valuation fee and they give you the investment or commercial valuation on the back end and then you borrow 75 percent of that figure my only concern and maybe i'm just too risk averse but my concern is for the future let's say you go for a five-year fixed product so when the five years is up if you then want to sell the property, you know, you are relying or wanting a buyer who's happy to also pay a premium, to also look at a commercial lender and pay the premium in terms of the value, but also the mortgage. Not always going to happen, right, on a smaller HRO. Secondly, after five years, for example, let's say you want to refinance and keep the property and it is on the borderline five or six bedrooms with adaptations. You then also are kind of limited with lenders. You're going to be stuck with Shawbrook, for example, because not many other lenders, especially on the smaller ones, offer investment valuations. So there's just something to think about. My, my kind of way around it, as it were, or thought on that or outcome is maybe then go for 70%. So go for the investment valuation, but just borrow 70. If the deal still works, great. And you're not over leveraged. Just my thoughts. Um, on that, and I mentioned five bedrooms a few times. One of the kind of gateway lenders or gateway HRO lenders in the investment market is a lender called Kent Reliance. They're funded by One Savings Bank, been around for a while and when I say gateway lender is they're very flexible with their policy. They can ignore some adverse credit. Um, they will lend to first time HRO landlords so they've done that before Shawbrook even did. Um, what they've started to do now as of this week and again I've not seen it in practice but policy has changed is now for HMOs that are even five or six bedrooms, so small HMOs, if they're in an Article 4 area, they will let, let you, when I say let you, that means let the broker instruct a investment valuation. If it's not Article 4, but the property has been, you know, in, in principle over-adapted and, and you feel it needs the investment figure, then the broker can look to get an exception and fully instruct the investment valuation. Um, so that means you could again be a non-experienced landlord with no, not even high income because there's no income requirement, could have some minor blips in your credit and it's a small property, it's a five bed HMO, you could potentially get an investment valuation. Please think of my risks I mentioned before. Uh, Kendra Lines do the large HMOs as well and they've got a separate kind of figure on that. But on the seven and above they will do investments but this is great for the smaller ones. Um, 
so I think what it shows me, and I, I knew this already, is lenders have got money. They have got money to lend. Criteria is more important than rates. As they're relaxing criteria, it's kind of giving people more avenues, more ways to get the money, right? Um, they are potentially trying to make it easy. But as always, speak to your broker and make sure they understand your plans now and in the future. And make sure the, the mortgage or the lending that you get fits those plans. But it's great news from Kent Reliance, great news from Shortbook Bank. Um, you know, investment valuations can be great because obviously you pull in more money out potentially. However, just be wary of being overgeared. And of course, the rates are coming down if the product has got a stinking fee, 7%, and you're adding that on. Just keep in mind of your overall portfolio. When you are a portfolio landlord, which again, from a lending perspective, is either three or four mortgage properties in your portfolio, that when you then apply for more finance, they will stress test your overall portfolio. And if that portfolio usually is over 75% uh, over the average, they're not that keen or there needs to be some sort of rationale. So keep that in mind, folks. Now, um, just something about what kind of my plans for the year going forward. I am intentionally going to do less podcasts. I think I did 39 podcasts as a guest last year. And the majority of those involved traveling because, you know, now everything is face to face. So I was in London a lot. I was in Liverpool, Manchester, Birmingham. Um, it does take a lot of time at the office, travel, accommodation. It, it's a lot of effort. And I love doing it and I love speaking and about myself, my favorite topic. But I think this, this year the intention is to do no more than 12. I think that 12 is a good figure, one a month as a run rate. I've already got one booked in. Um, I've got two, three, got two that are yet to release. I've had one that's released but that was recorded last year. So I guess what I'm saying is I will be slowing down. It, it is intentional. Same with networking events. Um, the whole West Shaz thing relies on networking, but I do not mean to be everywhere. I will be a lot more selective. Um, if there's any events you think you should need to be, I need to be at, please do let me know. Also, um, Brendan Quinn, he runs the Central London Property Network, has very kindly asked me to speak uh, at his event in February, towards the end of Feb. Uh, I'll put some dates on. I'll do a video, actually, a promo video. Now, it's a property event, but the topic that I'm speaking about for 25 minutes, right, is uh, keep KPIs, how to be a key person of influence and use personal branding. So I will be talking about that. So if you're in the area, uh, London, if you're around, would love to see you guys there. Again, message me if you are going to be there. That would be amazing. And um, yeah, that's it for this episode. I think the plan with this podcast, i.e. my podcast, is now to do more, have more guests, episodes again. But also do more solo episodes just to keep you guys busy. But um, yeah, thank you for your time. Goodbye. Khudafis. Shalom. Arrivederci. Ciao. Bye. So, what did you think of that? Please do leave a review on Apple Podcasts, five stars, of course. And also connect with me on socials at Where's Shaz. Until next time, be humble, be grateful, be peaceful.